Well, look at this. You're here and I'm pleased because I really dig your company. Hey guys, it's me, Danny, and you're listening to the Just Saying Podcast. This episode, I swear to you, it was so fun to do. I was able to get together a group of friends to talk about the movie Queen and Slim that was um, written by Lena Waithe and directed by Melina Matsukas. Guys, I really enjoyed it. You'll be able to tell in the the interview. Um, I knew that this was going to be great because there were more than one perspective. I mean, I know you guys listening to me, you could have got a great understanding of this movie. Oh, and let me just say, there's spoilers all through this. We're talking about this whole movie. So if you haven't seen it yet, sorry, (laughs) you can either listen and get a feel for the movie If you don't plan on going to see it or if you do plan on going to see it, you can listen now with spoilers and you'll already know what's happening or go watch it and then come back. I'm going to be here anyway. You know how it is. However, either way that you, you know, enjoy this episode, please, please, please give me your feedback. I really would enjoy that. We would enjoy that. Just want to know how more people in the neighborhood feel about Queen and Slim. Let's get to the show. <laughs> My name is Art. I am uh, the husband of this beautiful young lady to the right of me. And we have two daughters, uh, Dominique and Kirsten. Um, I am into customer service, uh, into leadership and customer service, also a leader in my local church. So, um... That's my boo thing. Come on, boo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my name is Keisha again, and we have actually have two businesses, budding businesses. The first is a catering business, AK Catering. Uh, we're on Facebook. We haven't done our website yet, but that is my goal to do that over Christmas break. Um, but, you know, for those of you who are always asked to bring, bring the drink and the napkins, call me. I'll make you look good. <laughs> um, and then uh, J Pearl Consulting, which is a consulting firm that helps small agencies open up their business in the IDD population. Nice. Well, again, I'm Brittany. Um, I can be followed on different social media platforms at Be Right Breeze. I'm just more of a fun social media personality. I model um, and I work as a pharmacy services representative. So. And she created the melanin shuffle. I did. Yeah, we'll get a little sample of that later. Don't worry. Because I'm trying to learn how to do it. But I'm not going to do it on this video. Uh, I'm Teron. I am an educator. I'm also an actor and spoken word artist. And in 2020, you be on the lookout for some things for me. So this table is like mad important, just so y'all know, because like I know people sometimes. I know I try to tell y'all that sometimes, but like here go people I really know. (laughs) Okay, so let's just start off basic on, you know, how everybody felt about the movie. I do have a couple of questions, but I just want to kind of be more like a conversation than like an interview because I don't interview. I'm not Oprah or Barbara Walters, but <laughs> um, so I like to have conversations about things, and I really like the fact that we have gentlemen here this time because 
a lot of times I have just women on this show and so I only get a female's point of view most of the time and this movie being that it was about a woman and a man I think I thought it would be great to have people so shout out for Keisha for <laughs> even offering up to have her husband come and thank you so much for coming y'all know Teron he been here before <laughs> He did actually see the stuff before we got here this time. Oh. <laughs> so that's a plus. Sweet. <laughs> I love you, though. Um, so um, just anybody want to start? How did you feel overall with the movie? Uh, I, I can be honest with you. When that movie ended, I really didn't know how to feel at first. And I would have to say yeah. that was the very first movie that ever grab my emotions in the way that it did. I've never seen a movie that did something to me, to her mm-hmm. as Keisha and I were driving home in silence. Like, mm. it, it, it messed me up. It really did. Okay. So I love the movie. Um, I, I wasn't quite sure what to expect. Um, you know, given the, the picture that everybody saw, it was like a Bonnie and Clyde feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was thinking in my mind like I don't you don't want to go see a whole of black people robbing and killing everybody like I just don't want to see that so um when it started and it went on I was just like this is a great movie like it was you go through so many emotions like it takes you through so many emotions and how it started off in that awkward date like do we even really like each other to go to where they ended was just like I really liked it. I'm expressing the same sentiment so far. I really <laughs> enjoyed it. Um, when I first saw the trailer, I was already in it. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah. I can't wait for this movie to come out. Okay. These two chocolate yeah. leads. Chocolate. I'm here. Yes. I'm, <laughs> I'm here chocolate. for all of it. Um, and so, But I have learned with movies, don't come in with too many expectations. That's right. um, and so, but any expectations I had, it took it there and put it to the next level. There were things I didn't appreciate that were in the movie, but mm-hmm. overall, mm-hmm. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I loved it. So I like that she mentioned that from the moment she saw the trailer that she was excited to see the movie. I wasn't. Mm. I'm not real big on movies that deal with racism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those okay. movies are really hard for me. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can go see this one. Mm-hmm. But, um, Something in me wanted to see it because I felt like racism wasn't the the re- really the main focus. Mm-hmm. There was an underlining love story. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, racism was what got them in the situation, mm-hmm. but it really wasn't the driving focus mm-hmm. of the movie. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I, I kind of felt that, so I was like, yeah. "All right, I'm gonna go see the movie." And I did love the movie. Mm-hmm. There were some things that I would that me as a director and actor that I would have done differently myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the good thing about having differences in the industry right, is yeah. that you want the movie to end this way or go that way. I wanted to go this way and end that way. You wanted to go that direction. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go in that direction. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes art so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, the first thing is I'm, I'm a lean away follower. So mm-hmm. I'm like almost anything she does, I'm mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. I, like I'll be excited when she on a commercial, like the voiceover, I got you. <laughs> right. like, I'm so like I'm all, whatever she does. So when I knew it was coming out, I was just like, I'm gonna watch it anyway. Then I saw, um, like some of the trailers and I was like, oh man, I don't really want to watch this Bonnie and Clyde movie. We've seen it already. I don't want to do it. 
But I was like, I'm going to go anyway because I'm still like, Issa Rae is also one of my best friends in my head. So I'm like, I'm going to for everybody black. <laughs> I'm like, I'm still going to go and give him my money. I'm giving money to Tyler Perry for some movies I felt like he owed me some money back on. So <laughs> I felt like I, I could give her, <laughs> I give her my money too. And um, again, because like you said, it was chocolate leads and I was just like, it just seemed like everybody black was in there. And then I started watching some of the interviews and hearing her talk about, Lena talk about how she was given all of these um, rights that like, you no know, white people were allowed to have final say on it. They mm-hmm. weren't, they didn't even do their screening with white um, people in the screening and it was just kind of like she wanted this to be more of a black gaze so I was like I respect that and the mm-hmm. fact that a woman was able to get that opportunity I was like I'm in anyway mm-hmm. so I watched it all for that and I loved it um, a love story get me all the time um, and I definitely did I, I agree with you like when the, when we left at first I was just like so we getting up like <laughs> I was there just looking like then the lights came on but I feel away and I'm not even sure what way I feel so I feel like I wanted to cry but I ain't have no tears for it at the same time mm-hmm. so I was just kind of confused and I was in my car by myself so yeah I think if I had one part to say that I didn't like um, I didn't like the fact that so is this a spoiler Oh yeah, we giving away. Oh, sorry, y'all. We giving away this whole <laughs> movie. Talking about this whole Listen, movie. Exit stage. If you right. haven't seen it, do not watch this yet. Because don't be mad at us. We talking about this whole thing inside now. Hopefully, we gonna turn it all the way upside down. So sorry, right now. I really ain't sorry to be honest. Mm-hmm. Not sorry. I'm not sorry. <laughs> we watched it. Right. We watched it. <laughs> y'all had enough time to go see it by For now. Real. And if you didn't, I'm sorry, but like I work a crazy schedule and I still managed to get there, so I don't know. <laughs> so you can go ahead and start. So the, I think the one part that I didn't like was the fact that they had the young boy shoot the cop, the oh. black cop. Like I was just like, that. Why did, like, I don't feel like that yes. was necessary to the story. I think right. I kind of get the backdrop of love happening in the midst of all this turmoil. Mm-hmm. But you have this young, bright young man. Now his life is over because he shot this black cop and killed him. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, then, and I get the whole misguided uh, passion. You know, you have the love passion in the one scene and this misguided passion in the other scene. But I was just like, I don't like that. <laughs> like I just, and I think maybe it's because I'm a mom, and I was just thinking about like my kids. Like, what if my daughter, or if I had a son? Got me somebody. If I had a son, like I would just be devastated, and then I would be mad at them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because of what they're portraying to to the young people at this particular. So that was the one thing I didn't like. If I had to choose something that I just didn't like. That was literally why I didn't give it, like, a perfect. Yeah. But then I listened to Lena Waithe talk about that part. Mm -hmm. And what she was saying was that the little boy was supposed to represent those young boys whose lives have retaken, like, a Trayvon Martin. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, those individuals who, they're angry now at the police because the police are mistreating them. Mm -hmm. And so it didn't matter who the police officer was. Mm -hmm. That's what I thought. You get it. (laughs) <laughs> you you are getting yeah. it. So yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't see that. I didn't interview. See, okay, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. But that was my thought. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was definitely my thought with it because I'm like, okay, I'm sure they didn't just throw this in the movie just to say, okay, we just won't put it here. It had mm-hmm. to be yeah. strategically placed yes. in it. Mm-hmm. And um, just like with uh, Colin 
Kaepernick, Kaepernick. How do you say his name? Kaepernick. Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. I can't mis- pronounce <laughs> yeah. his name. That but just how people me. have misconstrued his stance. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. They're like, oh no, you're disrespecting the flag. You're you're being rude. Well, it's it has nothing to do with the flag. Mm-hmm. Pay attention mm-hmm. to the words that are coming out of his mouth, mm-hmm. and you'll understand why he did it. Right. And it's mm-hmm. the same with how the little uh, black boy now is mad at all police officers. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, no, we're just upset with the officers that are taking black lives. Mm-hmm. Right. He was actually trying to tell the black boy, go home. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hurt you. I don't mm-hmm. want to shoot you. Just go home. But the little black boy was thinking with such anger. He's like, no, nah, yeah. I hate you because you're a cop and you're a killer and you need to die. Mm-hmm. But he, it seemed like he shot the gun and didn't even realize he shot it. Yeah. I definitely think it was like accident. That's what yeah. I was going to do. I think it was just say. his anger that, that pushed when mm-hmm. he wasn't prepared to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say that when I saw that scene and I and I agree with everybody in their interpretation of the scene, which is another good thing about the movie because you can interpretate every yes. scene totally different. Mm-hmm. But what I saw was that there was anger in a young black man. Mm-hmm. It was misguided anger. He didn't really really know how to process his emotions. And then when he had the gun, that was the thing that I was I figured that he got it from his father secretly. And then when he pulled it on the cop, he was angry. He did not know, even know how to articulate himself. It was just yeah. anger. Right. When the gun went off, he was so shocked that it went off right. that it wasn't his intention to hurt anyone, but it was his anger and what he knew from society and history mm-hmm. with young black men is to pull a gun. Right. Mm-hmm. Without and, it, and you look at it even in today's uh, in today's society. A lot of black men pull guns because that's what they see. Mm-hmm. But then once mm-hmm. they pull that trigger, they don't realize what they've actually caused. Right. And you can see it in his eyes. When he did it, he was shocked. Yes. Like, you know, what happened? Because he didn't even know what he was doing in the first place. It was just misguided anger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because a, a lot of our black boys, and me and Teron have this conversation all the time about how a lot of our black boys are taught that the only emotion that they're allowed to express is anger. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Because it was very interesting that his father, you would people would assume that because his father owns a business and that they seem to kind of be close enough that he was around hanging around that he would be able to have a conversation with his dad about how he was feeling and that wasn't the case because if he would have if his dad would have known that i wouldn't believe that he would have sent him to walk with those two in the first place you know what i mean so they did just because we assume that people have these like close relationships with parents even when they live in the house with them mm-hmm. but it's not really the truth because anger just gonna be anger especially if you are told that's the only one you're allowed to express mm-hmm. especially black boys they're not allowed to be sad they're not about to be dis- not allowed to be disappointed <coughs> they're not allowed to be hurt they're only allowed to be angry mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i'm going to express that and then they don't know what that looks like mm-hmm. the aftermath of that most of them don't know yes. what it looks like until they've done it mm-hmm. so yeah and he was like prepared because walking to that water he was still telling them like he wanted right. to have a legacy yeah. and like in his mind it, he was so disillusioned about what happens after you you could perform an act so i was confused i was conflicted on whether or not he wanted to shoot him or whether or not he just didn't understand what it was going to be like once he did shoot somebody i think he also wanted to show that he was in a position of power too right you know what i mean and i also kind of going back to his father he I, I think that he couldn't even really have the conversation with him because if you remember his father was like I'd have took my ticket and been oh, on the way when I wasn't even really like if you really would have right. watched the video like he, he shot this girl they didn't even try to give him a ticket you know what I mean so <laughs> right. I don't know if 
the conversation. The whole stop was just completely unjustified. Just completely unjustified. Wait, what? Why are we here? So let's go to the, so let's go to that scene specifically. Um, One of the questions that I have been seeing people say is like, um, the woman, she caused this police officer to be um, more agitated because of the things she said in the car and then her jumping out of the car. Um, and I just want to know what your feelings were watching that scene because usually what we always see is the right before the shooting, the shooting, and then a bunch of people on the internet talking about, well, what? we don't know what happened beforehand. We don't know what happened, but even though it don't matter. Mm-hmm. But that's usually the case of what we see. And then this time we were able as the viewer of the movie, of course, able to see what happened beforehand. What was your feelings about the that traffic stop? So I take like, a, <laughs> I feel like a deep breath through it. I don't feel like what agitated him was was the cop was him um, saying it's cold. Could you hurry up? Yeah. Yeah. That was the agitation. Yeah, and so and she says several times, "I'm going to get my phone. I'm going to get my phone." So I don't feel like it was her. He had determined when he stopped them oh, yeah. that this is how this was going in. When he said, I don't need backup, because she asked him on the radio, do you need a second car? And he said, no. Mm-hmm. And we all know in today's world, yes, they ain't she... pulling you over with just them. Mm-hmm. No. no, that's right. They got no. another one, three or four coming mm-hmm. to back them up. Exactly. So, to have and they've been doing that. With two people in the car. And he had already killed somebody. Right. Which you find out later on. I I just, the fact that so many people were ready to go, man, she, she, it's her fault. Like mm-hmm. it, it irritated me to the fullest because I was like, she shouldn't have been popping off. I, and I'm gonna stay calm as much as I can. If you <laughs> as a police officer do not understand that people are going to get smart with you and you're angry about it, that shouldn't, you shouldn't be one. If people's words hurt you that much, if someone's saying or just sprouting their rights, mm-hmm. if that irritates you that much, you mm-hmm. should not be in a position of authority. Yes. Because, and I say that because if she was the cause of it, if she was those things, she didn't touch that man. Mm-mm. She didn't say she anything. She didn't talk about his mama. Like, it's like <laughs> she, didn't, she, didn't do, she didn't do anything. And I was just like, if, if words are making you this upset, you need to take a break. You need a sabbatical. Mm-hmm. You need something you that need is going to help. Job. You need mm-hmm. another job. Couch. Mm-hmm. So, because you are getting upset at something that is literally in the minutes, right? A freedom, freedom of speech. Being able to say what I'm feeling in this moment. And her being privy to the law because she was a lawyer. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. already knew what was going to be happening in right. that moment. Mm-hmm. And him and I understood the pullover in the beginning was because they swerved. Right. right. So I can get it. Drunk driver, you're a police Not officer. Sure. Starting outside. Right? But you ran nothing. You came to the window immediately and said, get out of the car. And even if you would have said, get out of the car, the way that you responded, if you would have given him a DUI check, something along those lines saying, I saw you swerve. I just want to make sure that you're okay. It was none of that. Let me search the trunk. So all this time, I just think that there's just this, there's this silent thing that's still happening that we're trying to quiet black people from being angry. Black mm-hmm. women specifically. Black women mm-hmm. specifically. I, I was about to say, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people were feeling some kind of way because it looked like 
another black woman mm-hmm. popping off, showing her attitude yes. when not really maybe five percent of it was her having a you know typical black girl attitude. But at the end of the day, she's a lawyer. She knows the law. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She knew that he wasn't justified in what he was doing. So mm-hmm. she's going to speak up mm-hmm. as she should. He was a little more timid. So he's not going to be like, oh, no, you need a warrant to check my trunk. Right, right. So he unfortunately didn't say some of the right things. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, no, this, is, this isn't going down right. Mm-hmm. But at the moment when he decided to draw the gun on him because he said he's cold. Can you hurry this up? It was already, he was. Yeah, we already knew what was going on. Right well, yeah. Already knew he was ready. Mm-hmm. They both was, was about to be killed. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so they were unfortunately in a no-win situation. Yeah. It was no win, and like women have the ability to kind of see what's about to happen. Yeah. And I feel like she was seeing like this is about to go all bad. It's about, yeah. it's about to be terrible. But even like when um, we, if we get pulled over, our first thing is because you know my mouth. Person is like, don't say a word. <laughs> 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 this one wow. will get me killed. <laughs> because there are situations yeah. where that can yeah, be the case, happen. where your mouth will get you yeah. in trouble. Mm-hmm. But in the movie, that not that was the case. It, it was an overzealous cop who was a murderer. I'll just say, eager mur- to kill yeah. another black person. Yeah, that's that's a murderer. Murderer. And in this case, he had two he could kill. And that's what I saw because you have a you had a cop who already had hatred in him for black people. Exactly. Then you had a young lady that was highly educated and questioned his authority. Yep. So mm-hmm. when you have authority and hatred mixed in the same person, mm-hmm. if anyone questions your authority, whether it be that traffic stop or at home, that you're going to go off. And, and because it was black people, she questioned his authority. The brother complied with everything that he asked for. All he did was ask him a few questions. Hey, could you hurry up? And then he, he paused and said, why? He said, because it's cold out here. That's it. But he had already made it up in his mind. Mm-hmm. These Negroes are not going to talk to me like that. Yeah. And who does she mm-hmm. think she is to question my authority? Yeah. I already hate y'all in the first place. Mm-hmm. That's it. And now I'm going to have to take one of y'all out. And I'm going to justify it. That's why I did not call for a backup. That's why I did not ask for help. Because I'm going to justify my actions. Because of history. Mm-hmm. Yep. See, my colleagues have shot you guys in the past and have not been convicted of anything. So I already know that I can get away with this. So it's best if you keep your black mouth shut. That's, and that's, that's a perspective that I got was, Mm -hmm. is that he hated them in the first place. Mm -hmm. And I, and it, and it happens even on jobs. If you question the authority of someone that feels that they are superior to your intellect, Mm-hmm. When you question that authority, they if they had the ability, they would fire you on the spot. Mm-hmm. I get that all the time. Like, you know, in the position that I'm, I'm at work, there's not a lot of black women that are program directors or anything like that. <clears throat> and so I'm always saddled with, I have an attitude problem. Well, I really don't. But what you're saying doesn't make any sense. And he, here's the reasons why. And so I had that same situation of course it wasn't a cop it was you know somebody um in a higher position and this long email who do you think you are you don't you know all of this type of stuff because i questioned your authority and it ended up that i was right but you were just (laughs) (laughs) which is usually (laughs) (laughs) but it was just so you were so appalled about the fact that a i know what i'm talking about and Mm -hmm. b I question your supposed authority. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm always fascinated, like, with the police and their authority and their <clears throat> the lack of um, 
accountability held to them because like if you're a teacher or even in like our profession one hand towards somebody is like a complete issue Mm -hmm. but somebody who has a weapon Mm -hmm. on them at all times who is supposed to be the most trained and keeping their cool in high stress Mm -hmm. areas has no accountability for their actions like they could literally just be like I was afraid yeah where your training is supposed to train you to (laughs) I don't believe in the training but um your training is supposed to be one that would teach you how to de-stress yourself Mm -hmm. and you have outlets they're supposed to offer outlets for such things where they don't have any accountability but if there's 30 kids in a room and one of them put their hands on the teacher. It's like she she or he should have known better or been able to keep their cool. In yes. the profession which we work, it's like if one of them attack you, spit on you, do whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you needed to understand that that's who they are. It's mm-hmm. like, why is there no accountability for police officers in the same way who are people who actually have weapons on them right. at all times? Right. Like, you're not that afraid. You are lying. I do not believe mm-hmm. you. And that that's because police were created initially their commencement was to police black people absolutely police in this country were created after slavery because it was something that was meant to make sure we stay in line and and that is why there is no accountability you were never created to have checks and balances Mm -hmm. you were created to do what you were doing and what you're still doing which is be awful (laughs) <laughs> Especially when they're allowed to be abusive to each other. Like, if you don't do exactly what everybody says inside the system, we are allowed to not come to your defense if you need something, even in that system. So if they're, if they're trained to not even defend each other because they don't agree on something, they surely ain't worried which, about that. Which brings to the next thing, um, the scene with the cops when they got busted that first time. Yes. And the um, the mm-hmm. white cop and the black cop, you know, they were kind of going back and forth. And um, when he called him a boy, he was like, "Don't call me a boy one more time." You know what I mean? And so it was like, and then when he opened the garage and they were there, I was like, "What's about to happen? What's about to happen?" I'm so good at suspense. I know. I know. So good at suspense. And I felt so like one of the things I disliked about the movie, it was a bit predictable to me. Mm. I see that. I knew the cop was gonna let him go. Cause. I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know. Like, I didn't know if he was going to be, like, trying to prove himself. No, I'm like, yeah, I'm black, but I'm not for, I'm not for all of this. Or was he going to be like, get out of here? I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't, I, it wasn't predictable to me. I can understand your, 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 your thought process because you're a filmmaker. And I get that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but if you look at it, it was predictable because, uh, number one, the timing of where that scene was, it, it would have been over too right. quickly. Right. And I didn't think it was the type of movie that would pause for a court scene. Hmm. It just wasn't yeah. that type of That's movie. It wasn't yeah. going to end up as a, a 30 minutes of court scene mm-hmm. and verdicts and all that. I just right. didn't see that as an ending. But it, it was predictable because of the scene right before that and how he was disrespected by the white yeah. cop. Mm-hmm. And which caused yeah. him in his emotions when he walked back there saying, I'm not going to let them do to you what I know that they are going to do mm-hmm. to you mm-hmm. and let them go. Thought. Mm-hmm. I thought he was just going to be like, I'm not going to be a part of the takedown. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought he just was like, I'm just not going to be part of it. So, yeah, it was good that he went back there because I'm still letting let them, them know, yeah. like, mm-hmm. this is still a real chase. Like, they're really after y'all. But mm-hmm. um, I thought it was interesting even um, going back 
to the beginning. Just the fact that she didn't have anything to lose. Like, Mm-mm. she had no family. Mm-mm. She didn't really like her job at that point because she had just lost her um, her her client just got the death penalty mm-hmm. and like she didn't have anything to lose and she didn't care that he had anything to which lose. was like, irony she because she got care. her uncle off for killing her mother right right yeah, she did not right. care Man. at all um, if he had anything to lose she had to t- decide it for them that they were leaving somebody she don't even know that they were going on the run mm-hmm. and I thought it was very interesting that he was just like it showed to that point where sometimes we don't have real time to mm-hmm. think about what really could be the best course of action for him. I mean, every action was going to be a bad one for him at that point when she told him, like, you're, you are a murderer now. Like, mm-hmm. you're a criminal now. But, like, you don't get a chance to think. There was so mm-hmm. much going through his head. Like, he had the process killing somebody. He had the process I don't even know this woman. She's a lawyer. Maybe she knows what's best for this situation. And, like, where would I go? I don't even know what to do. So I have to trust this stranger to with my life right now. And I just thought it was um, really interesting to, to talk about, to just think about, like, one, I don't, I don't have nowhere to go. Like, <laughs> if something like this happened to me, I was thinking, like, is there, like, a secret family member nobody really know about? What right. that I could go run for days? I don't have that. And then, you know, like, him, her just telling him, like, on that street corner, like, you can't call anybody. You, you have to throw it all away. And, like, we got to get rid of these phones right now. And, like, all of those things she knew to do immediately. But none of them said, let me call one of my colleagues to see what we could do next. Because that said that, like, even her office, she don't trust nobody. Right, like, right. It's nothing. I don't nothing. trust nobody because you you would have, I, for me, I imagine that being a black a black and a young black lawyer, probably not a lot more of you at mm-hmm. your office. So I can't even call one of these people. And where do I go while I'm calling them? Because right. I don't trust that. I think either. also in that is the less people that know right now, the better. Right. Yeah. No sense in me calling anybody to get advice right now because mm-hmm. the police are going to trace every phone call. So now they're going to be tied mm-hmm. up. Let's just eliminate that and throw these phones away and figure so out the, what we're going to do. So they yeah. end up to this to this uncle's house, which who was well, on I, board from, from. I wanted to say um, that I feel like it's just the strength of black women. Yeah. Because now we got a multitask. Like, I really don't know this dude, but I know we got to get out of town. And we have, this is all the things that we have to do. So I've already figured all of this stuff out. Just follow what I'm saying, doing What I need, what I need. And she just figured it out, like, let's do this, let's do this, let's do that. And that's how, as women... You know, we have kids, we have, you know, things, jobs and all that type of stuff. We got to figure things out. Like, it almost was like she didn't have time to be like, eh. <laughs> But then it got to a point she ain't know nothing else and he had to step in. She was able to take over when it was all the legalistic situation. Because of her experience, she knew what works and did not work. Because her being a defense lawyer, she knew what to do, how to do it, how to get out of that situation <laughs> at that particular time. Mm-hmm. And so she took over his character. He was like mom, dad, right. because he was so close to his right. parents. Yeah. Right. But her experience caused her to think like that yes. because right. she knew, number one, you shot a cop. There's no hope for you. Even if I defended you, if I wasn't here and was your lawyer, we're you're done. not. You're going to get the death penalty. 
Yeah, period. We just witnessed that here. Mm. Where it was questionable, did this man even do it? Really? Because they really didn't have the evidence if you follow the story. And look, he got the death penalty. So she jumped right in on her strength of her experience as a defense lawyer. This is what we need to do. One, two, three, four. And, and as you said, as the movie moved on, yes. then his thinking started to kick in because he was more rational. Right. Yeah, she was more it. after you know now you, you you remember after she got done with everything that she did in the beginning she became playful in a way too <laughs> she became just kind of you know totally uh away from what she started off she wanted to hang out the windows she wanted to get the air in her face she wanted to do little bold things like it was <laughs> things that she never had an opportunity to do before because she's so busy in her job and, also and his rationality like took over I felt like she started to feel safe. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. think she's felt safe with anyone in a very long mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And she's in the most vulnerable situation. And his character made her feel free. She could be free in, in these moments, which I think was a part of my frustration when I heard people speaking so negatively about who she is. I'm like, you all are speaking so negatively about her, even after learning her, her past, right. her her uncle who has PTSD killed her mom by accident. That was the first case she ever tried. Mm -hmm. She had no other family. She's alone all of the time. Like, are you even, you don't, you all don't have any more grace for her, for how her reactions are, what her attitude is, and then how life has helped her to transition. And I didn't hear anyone. I haven't heard anyone speak so negatively about Daniel, well, Dan Clua's character, how his personality was, how he was a little more timid, a little more in the background. I haven't heard anybody speak so boldly about them being upset. Oh, you should, he was a man. He should have done. They were, everyone's just been immediately (laughs) just honored. But even, but even after learning that, so I just, I think that that was it. Like Mm -hmm. her just feeling safe to be Mm -hmm. free now. Like, but isn't it amazing though that? It speaks to like society where society does not give you grace it really doesn't matter what else is going on in your life yeah. if you if they perceive that what you're doing is wrong they will jump onto that thing and decide that you are completely 100 percent wrong and not only are you wrong but you're like a monster all right. over like right. you don't you don't have any three dimensions to yourself and you're, you're only all of one thing <coughs> all of the time now forever like mm-hmm. there's not a lot of grace and Unfortunately, a lot of the people that I saw talking negatively about her character were a lot of women mm-hmm. who just did not. They had a lot of understanding for Daniel Kaluuya's, um character, but they didn't have none for her. It was like, why did she talk to him like? Why did she talk to the cop like that? Why did she get out the car like that? Look why was she looking like that? Oh. She went down to her uncle's house. Why would she forgive him and he killed her mom? It's like. Jeez, like, That's not, it's, like, people who like it. it's above them. Like it's yeah. just like you know, like this girl just in the beginning when I she was in, when they were on that date, I was like, this is so awkward. Like I don't think I like her character because she was so rude. So rude. Oh no! like this. But um, you know, but I got her character once she said that she was she was feeling away because her client got the death penalty mm-hmm. i was like oh you just don't want to be alone today. yeah yeah and he seemed easy mm-hmm. and even though that seems like it's rude at the same time sometimes that's what you need like you need just like somebody in your space 
when you feel in a kind of way. Yeah. And when you don't have, like, somebody in your home or somebody you're dating already, you, like, you'll anybody. Do. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll I don't do. want, and you'll do, and I don't want the you'll do to be anybody who I think I'm going to have to carry on something with. Because I don't got time for all of that right now. I just right. don't want to be by myself mm-hmm. today. I want to get to know you. Um, Such a real human emotion. Yes, like I just don't want to get to know you. I just want to like be. I don't want to. I don't even want to call in my friends right now because right. they're going to require too much, and right. I ain't got yeah. time to give it to them either. Like I just want to sit, not alone, to talk about anything that don't have nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. And even your friends can't give you that sometimes because they want to ask you like you. What like, oh, so what happened? I heard you had the big case. I don't want to talk about that right now. Right. And now they take it offense to it. Like, you know, well, why? Why do you want to talk about it with me? I'm your friend. And it's like, where's the stranger at? Let's try this. Let's try this app right fast. Facebook. You got dating people on there real quick. Find some loser real quick. Take me to dinner. She did say, you're, you're, I chose you because your picture looks sad. I was like, that's so messed up. <laughs> Five years, so dating apps were not out no. back then. So I have no idea what these dating no. apps are. Like. It, it's horrible. <laughs> it is sometimes it so can be a sea of sadness and disappointment. Um, <laughs> but since we're talking about the two of them together, let's talk about that journey of the love story part of this mm-hmm. um, situation. Um, what I liked about the story was that it became a space of freedom that most of us don't find in relationships. Um, where they were able to just express really what their souls were speaking and mm-hmm. felt, even not mm-hmm. even just their heart, but like what was coming from their soul. And you don't get that a lot of times, even in some of the relationships that we have. Like mm-hmm. now, I know people who are married who don't have such free spaces to speak and to speak about what they want. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I just want to talk about, I just want to hear your perceptions of the love story that was the other story in this. I thought the movie did a beautiful, beautiful job of showing the progression of their love, Mm -hmm. if you will. Here, the movie starts out with this extremely awkward date where she seems mad rude, mad stank. And he's like, dang, but I'm feeling you. Mm -hmm. So they're like, "Uh, what do we do next? And in the heat of the moment that happens, now they're stuck together, if you will. But she still has she still has these walls up that she really doesn't want to come down because she's spent some time building these walls up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they can't just come down overnight like right. that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not right. going to work for her. And he's like, whoa, we, we, we together now, boo. Like, <laughs> we're not going to get married. Keep my woman. But even in that, like he was still patient with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you could feel him wanting to be more um, <laughs> intimate with her, if you will. Yes. Um, but he was still being patient with her. Yes. Even um, when they went on their second date. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, you know, if we had a second date, this is what I would do. Yes. And even in that, you saw them, her start to open up. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay. Oh, let's she could, When like she said, you would risk everything to take me dancing, I was like, oh, he's sitting there. But she Listen. Listen. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's sitting there. We hope brothers was taking notes. Like, when you say yes, I'm like, I was like, I was like, If you do that, yeah, I'm like, okay. Excuse me. Excuse me. He 
Y'all only see those gonna be walking around talking about you gonna dance with me. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Oh no, you want me to be your legacy? What do you listen? Oh no, we didn't even get wait, there yet. Wait, 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 wait. wait, we did not even get there. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's woo, Jesus. That's some good stuff. Because this is the, the one that got me, okay? When she said, because I had to write down when she said it. She said, I want someone to show me myself. Mm-hmm. Someone Listen. to show me my bruises me. that I never knew I had. Come on. Someone to encourage me to heal them myself. And then cherish the scars that they leave behind. And I was like, I... I don't even know who I want to marry, if I want to marry her, if I want to marry Daniel, <laughs> you know, if I want to marry whoever had the camera, whoever felt it in their spirit, whoever was sitting down there who felt it with me down the line. Like, somebody need to marry me right now because I was like, I don't even know. Like, there have been so many relationships that I've been in, I would have never gotten anywhere close to even being able to say that to somebody. But for somebody to articulate that in such a <laughs> like for her to write that it's was amazing. just like it was poetry. It was amazing. It was just Literally like poetry. if I didn't respect her as a writer at any other time, mm. even though I do, but if I didn't at any other time, the way that she wrote that was just like amazing. And then the way that um, the character, the actress delivered it was yes. just like mm-hmm. in the space where it was just free enough to say. And it was just like, you, you would start sitting there like, what are my scars? I don't know what I have. Like, Listen. where are the bruises? <laughs> I don't even know what I have. And somebody out here <laughs> is about to show them to me in such a loving way. Like, I don't, no. I'm, like, I've never no. been in that kind of relationship, but I just, it was my favorite part. Now guys will be examining females like, <laughs> I know you got a scar right here. I feel like, I like, I'm not talking about when male scoring. When I heard that, that line, I was like, that's amazing because I feel like I had that in a relationship Amen. with my husband, Amen. but Hold I've on. never had the ability to articulate that. Like, mm. there's always a safe place for me to have my anxiety, for me to be like, you know, and I don't have the repercussions of that. So I feel like to have what I've always felt articulated in the movie was just like, mm. this is a real, for real, straight up emotion that women feel. Like, I want to be able to be vulnerable without you using my vulnerability against yes. me. Man. You know what I mean? And if you get Absolutely. that, that's a once in a lifetime type of love, and you have to hold on to that. I really like the, I like the movie because it was just so much, so many messages within the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the, the love part, it, 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 was, it was a forced love. And the reason why I say that is, is because here you are, you are using a dating application in a chance to find someone mm-hmm. that would be your destiny, in a chance. And when it doesn't work out in those first 30 minutes, you've already made up in your mind, I will not see you again. Mm-hmm. But then when you drive away and the situation causes your souls to now fuse together, mm-hmm. even without your buy-in, right. it was without their buy-in. Like their at hearts all. had not bought into each other at that point. At but the situation caused their souls and caused it caused that soul tie. Mm-hmm. And then it, it was almost a forced movement of love and a pattern of love where they came together they had no choice Mm -hmm. it was like the universe had all came into alignment Mm -hmm. 
because of them too, based on a tough situation. Mm. Yeah. And you can see the elevation of their their uh, relationship mm-hmm. in an adverse situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but they had they had pockets of uh, of of scenes where they show that they could be vulnerable, that they could have fun, that they could get to know each other. And this is in the span of only a couple of days. Yeah. yeah. They 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 experienced more than what Keisha and I experienced in twenty five years mm-hmm. in a couple of days. Yeah, that is. Yeah. When they said that at the end, this was a six-day chase. I, I said, was, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, baby. In my mind, I'm like, she's pregnant. The baby's due tomorrow. Like, <laughs> I was like, this was six days. What is That was intense. It was intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was, I think, it, again, I think it was because they were, because they had, to me, had given into the, real possibility that this ain't going well and so there was no reason to hide who Mm -hmm. you really were like Mm -hmm. there was no reason to hide it you won't like me you don't like me we're gonna be in this car Mm -hmm. like so i'm gonna say what i really feel instead of holding back on anything um because if you don't like me it's fine like we didn't like each other for real for real when we first got in this car so like i can say however i feel because this may not be good and we never not never, but a lot of us don't get that opportunity to have that close proximity for that long because we have to uh, and be able to connect where there's no other people who are trying to force us to not. Because right. that was the other thing. There wasn't anybody who was being like, you with this dude? You like him? And which is what a lot of women get. is like, mm-hmm. you like him? Like, why? What, what does he, what he work? Where he work at? What he makes? What kind of money he got? What kind of job he got? How many girlfriends he got? He got babies? Like, all of that stuff. And the things, they didn't even have any of the people in their ear mm-hmm. to, to make them not believe anything that's being said Mm -hmm. to not trust anything that was being said to then be open enough to say whatever they wanted to say at the same time and I thought that that was really good writing to Mm -hmm. be able to come from that space to just be like like you said like it's forced they Mm -hmm. did they didn't buy into they weren't like yeah let's go on a road trip like it wasn't even a fun situation Mm -hmm. it was a really bad situation and still they were like we're gonna find freedom in this Mm -hmm. I think to speak to the old schoolness, I guess you could say, of um, Daniel's character, I thought about it afterwards. I was like, he picked her up for this date. That. I was like, well, people don't do that anymore because we don't trust anybody, right? Yeah. I'll meet you there. No, I'll meet you there. I'm going to Uber. I'm going to do anything. And I'm yeah. telling 87 of my friends, I'm be here. <laughs> and this was she went with him in his car. And mm-hmm. I just thought that that was really... Like, this is odd. This person that trusts no one mm-hmm. is getting picked up from someone that she does not know. She's meeting him on this app. And then, because he's old school, he's like, I'm picking her up. I'm showing her a nice time. I'm taking her out to eat at this black-owned diner. Like, you know, I thought that just in the beginning, there was there was just showing just how different they were then to get them to this space of, we're no longer our representatives, right? Yeah. I'm no longer scrolling through your profile, looking at the things you're telling me. I'm now seeing who you are. Right. Yeah. I, I, there's no, there's no facade anymore because we're out of that space. We, we've moved past that now. We had to. Yeah. So, 
How about when she got to the uncle's house um, and he was like, you don't have to cut your hair. She's like, I'm not cutting my hair. I was thinking to myself, like, girl, if you don't cut them braids out. But, <laughs> that is exactly the response, though. Right, it but, is. But then Black I thought, even on that, I was like, why she didn't think she was going to cut her hair? Like, she's a lawyer. She right. know what you this look like. You knew you got to get rid of them braids, bro. <laughs> right. Don't do that. But when she came, when she got to cut, cut her hair, well, took her braids out, and she came down the steps, and he saw her. He His expression her. was like, oh my God, this yes. is the most beautiful woman on earth. I think that's when they got married. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, he married her yeah. then. He married her all the way then. Because mm-hmm. that look said, oh, here's my bride. Right, yes. right, right. And even that, when you watched it and saw his face, you were like, I, well, I, not you, because you got a husband. But I was like, I mean, my husband, look at me. I need <laughs> somebody. So Stephen, she was a little caught off guard by the way he looked at her. He was. She was. She, she was, was like, even oh. though, like, you know, I remember coming down the aisle um, to to marry Art, and I remember when I got to the altar and he saw me, I remember how he looked at me, and it also kind of made me uncomfortable, like, <laughs> like am I alright? Like, it was like that look through my it was like you look through my soul. Yes. You know what I mean? And that's how he looked at her. And I, I think that's why yes. I caught her off guard. Uh, yeah, I was I was looking. <laughs> <laughs> but when I saw Keisha kind of like, yeah, it, that's what it my actually mind. hit my emotions so hard that I began to want to cry. Mm. Because when you find your soulmate, that's a diff- that's a difference between a soulmate and a date. Mm-hmm. And that's when you look at that Come movie. It started as a date, but it ended up as soulmates. Mm-hmm. They ended up as each other's destiny. Mm-hmm. So that when he saw her without any of the things to enhance her, which I believe that black women don't need anything to enhance them. They're already beautiful without anything. That's Say just my thoughts. But when he saw her without any enhancements, and when he looked at her that way, it was her that saw that he seen her for who she was mm-hmm. and not what she covered herself with. And that's what she that's when that connection really Oh God, the way you're looking at me right now. But that's <laughs> when but, that, but that's oh. when that's when, when you guys say <laughs> But when you guys say that they got married at that moment, but it was the perfect moment that yeah. their souls really did yeah. It really did fuse yeah, together at that moment. Because when they were laying in bed mm-hmm. and she started showing him affection, mm-hmm. she reached yes. over and yes. said, I'm rubbing your hair for good luck. Yeah. I kind of hated that line. I did yeah. too. It was, I was just like, like you couldn't come just better than that. Just rub his head. And just, I felt it though. But she yes. had to explain because she's not, I felt like she did that because she's not used to showing that right. type of emotion. Yeah. So, so she, she had, had to explain to herself, too. I'm doing this for this movie. Yeah. And she was protecting, and again, she was right back at it, protecting her own emotions, her own feelings. She was protecting herself. Yeah. But at the same time, she was she was rubbing his head because they had already got that. Their souls had yeah. already tied. So she began to act out as a as a wife, as someone that is her soulmate. And when you talking about somebody you just met that 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 day or so, and you want to grab him by his head and just rub it, that means you're comforting him. That means you're really speaking into his destiny. Yeah. Because when you really love somebody and you, and like 
Keisha, no, I touch her all the time. Sometimes she'd be like, would you just stop touching me for a minute? <laughs> but, there's, but I'll touch Keisha, I'll touch Keisha on her shoulder. She might be in the kitchen doing something, and I'll just come up behind her neck and just touch her. It's because I'm, I'm expressing just how much I love you without words. Mm-hmm. It was unfortunate, and I hated the line because here she is showing that strong affection towards him because she saw that he was her protector. Mm-hmm. And everything that she did, she had to depend on him and vice versa, but she had to depend on him for her own life. <laughs> and she wanted to let him know and confirm in him that, yes, you are my number one boo. This is only you. This is it. It's you. And that, that, that was, when you touch somebody on the head and start rubbing their head, that's an affection that Absolutely. goes beyond just surface, yeah. some surface affection <laughs> because you see what they look like. That right. is way beyond that. She was showing, I am in it. Till the end. And he didn't jump when she touched him. And I was like, he already trusts her. Mm -hmm. Because he trusted her with his life from the beginning Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at the date. That by the time they got to physical touch, he was already like, I've been waiting for this. Mm -hmm. You know, and it was just like, intimacy. And it's so crazy for me. I was feeling like, we spend so much time like getting done up so that we can be seen, but then we are like, I want somebody to love me for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but we would not dare present that and thinking like, because I see a lot of people on social media who are just like, every time I look bummy, here comes somebody trying to talk to me. <laughs> yeah, like that's the person you want, but at the same time, when it happens, you like, if you like me like this, bro, like, <laughs> 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 I go somewhere. Mm, I don't know about you. <laughs> like, because I look a that's mess, so okay? But up. it's the that's truth. Like, process. you, you yeah. do want to get so done up in um, presenting your. But men are the same way. Mm-hmm. We ain't going on the first day without a haircut and without, you know, a fresh fit. And mm-hmm. Yeah, sure but a lot of our best self is artificial self. Like, I ain't going on yeah. a date without these lashes. These ain't mine, okay? Yeah. <laughs> but, I just had a but I'm still taking I just had a thought about that scene when she was touching his head because, remember, he was a he was a mama's boy and a daddy's boy. Mm-hmm. And when the first when it first uh, happened, his first reaction was to call mom and dad. No, because he said that, I have to call my dad. He said dad. Well, he dad. Well, his, his mom wasn't even in it. He never mentioned his mom. You never mentioned his mom. No, he never mentioned. Don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. You're a mom. See, she don't do that. No, well, my mom passed away years ago. Right. But anyway, well, if it, even if it wasn't a mother, it was just the fact that it was his parent. Yes. When he his first reaction was, I got to call my dad because that's where I get all my direction. That's where yeah. I get that's where I get my guidance. That's that's who loves me. That's, that's, that's my nurturing. dad. Mm-hmm. And I think that when she touched his head, that was a nurturing feeling. That's why he did not jump. He did not react. And if you remember the movie, when she touched his head, he was like, you know, mm-hmm. he he it was a release to him like it almost ooh, activated him because when they that. turned back around, wasn't that when he said she said to him, "I'm afraid." Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's what his response was. I got us. Or what did he say? It was way more pivotal than I it thought. Was. It was. <laughs> he said something much more deeper. Was, he did. But that was the point. I, 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 I got us. The, the <laughs> yeah. that's the I got us a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that, but what, I, what yeah. was interesting was like when I was listening to um, one of the podcasts, shout out to The Read, where Lena Waithe was. Love The Read. Um, the guest, she was saying that the initial point of this was for her to be Malcolm X and him to be Martin and then for mm. there being a point in the movie where he where they switched mm-hmm. and she became more Martin and he became more Malcolm mm. um, <clears throat> meaning that, that. And, and so that 
for me was the switch when they were in that bed because yeah. the dominance changed at that point. She was more dominant until they got to a place where she was in with family and more familiar with her space. And then she kind of like cooled herself down and her uncle jump started him being like will she speak for you like what are you yeah. doing and then yeah. he's starting to realize mm-hmm. like i really ain't making no choices here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> starts doing and saying something like this is still my life mm-hmm. like i have to have a say and then he started to like become more a more dominant force for yeah. just even himself even if it wasn't for her he was still more dominant for his own yeah. self at that point yeah. and i thought listening to her um speak about the movie i thought that was pretty cool you know i was happy that when they were laying in the bed they didn't make that a sex scene yeah yeah it just it needed to be a much more deeper connection um a deeper show of intimacy and i was happy Mm -hmm. that that wasn't because i thought this is where we're going i was like this is where it happens you know (laughs) i'll check on wow wow and i was thinking like please don't cheapen this movie by doing it right there i love that they left it at her touching his head versus her Choosing to like cuddle with him, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I or him coming. That's what I thought was about yeah. too. Yeah. Or even I him coming at her, yes, which yeah, would have yeah. been so wrong at that yeah, point. Yeah, would have yeah. been so wrong of a place for him to come sexually at her. Right. In any way, I thought it was really, really um good. And you know, they just with the the costuming because they all they both had on white clothes and it was yeah. kind of like this purity um situation mm-hmm. that was going on where the scene was was safe and it was pure at the same time and nobody disturbed them in that room like nobody came into the room to disturb them when they didn't really know each other i was like it's interesting because this house is big mm-hmm. and they're still in the same bed mm-hmm. which was also very interesting to me because those are those old houses down south right there was another room yeah. you know what yes. i mean like mm-hmm. there was and that they were comfortable well, enough had a lot of hoes in that house yeah. Yeah. And they only yeah. had four two well, of them were sleeping in the bed with him i'm sure that we saw we <laughs> clearly <laughs> He had a business at that big party. He had on that thing. <laughs> and shout out to Bo King because anytime I see Yo. Bo King, I always feel Yo, like just he is not a so great good. actor. In a lot of movies that I see, I feel like I don't like his acting style. But I really thought he did a great job. He did job. a great job. In this movie, I really I liked, I believed his character 100%. I thought <laughs> that he wanted to help her, but he didn't want to help her. And like he had his own stuff going on. And, you know, um, I think he played that, that character very well. Mm-hmm. And I think that he acknowledged their <coughs> connection that mm-hmm. was happening. And I love that um, even um, one of the girls there was speaking about how, you know, like outside he ain't nothing. But right. inside here, yeah. he's a kid. And them getting that. Because sometimes we miss that. Like mm-hmm. even in relationships, mm-hmm. it's like we want to fight too. And it's just like, um, I'm not not a man i do have boys at the house um and and well they men now and i kind of want to you know i see them and want them to be honored um by someone when they leave my house yeah but yeah i I just feel like that that particular person saying that was important because i think that with this whole feminist movement um it gets lost in translation because like, so for instance, my husband opens the door for me and all of that type of stuff. And my daughter is like, why do you always got daddy opening the door for you? You can open the door for yourself. And I was like, that's not even really the point. Or why do you always fix daddy's plate? It's because when he's out there, mm-hmm. who knows her journey to 25, just things that we've been through in our life. Because everything about us says we shouldn't be together. 
He's nine years older than me. You know, my grandfather was the bishop, you know, all this type of carrying on. And he had a prior marriage. I didn't. He had kids prior. You know what I mean? So everything. And I think that's why I like Queen and Slim so much, because everything about them said that they shouldn't even be together. But when you are destined for a person, and I hate to say the universe, but but I guess I'll say the universe or God or whoever you want to say it brings it together. You know what I'm saying? There's no reason why we should still be together. We're going through the things that we have gone through in our lives. Traumatic things. And there's no reason why Queen and Slim, they could have been like, I'm going my way. You go your way. But it was the soul mate, the, the, the connection of their souls that kept them together. Yeah. All the way till she said, can I be your Listen, we was in the car scene when she said that whole part about her scar. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that was his saying to her, like, I want, I want a legacy. I want my woman to be my legacy. Right. Whoa. And he started off with something real cliche. I want to ride or die. Yes. And I immediately said, why we got to die? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then we he explained it. <laughs> what I was kind of her reaction, like, yeah. what does that mean? Yeah. Like, what? shut up. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <Next. laughs> but then when he went into it, I was like, oh. So many yeah. times you hear the children being the legacy. But yeah. when you have the person that is supposed to know you, you know, throughout all of it, to know you more intimately mm-hmm. than anyone, to be able to have them to say, like, no, I want you to be my legacy. It made me think of that um, India Ari song. Or was like, uh, I tell your dad that I know your dad oh, was yeah, a good yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it made mm-hmm. me think of mm-hmm. that that part when he said that. So. Mm-hmm. And there it goes back to that forced <laughs> destiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like you had to really think about how this was going to end. But what what leads up to that final final moment, and all the things that you long for, all the things that you want to happen because. Really, you know, you're supposed to live a long life. You're supposed to have children and supposed to uh, create wealth for your offspring and supposed to leave a uh, an inheritance for your children. You're supposed to do this and supposed to do that. And they had, they knew that there was no way that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so those words were very, very instrumental because they had no other choice. Yeah. It was so forced. It was like, we got to love each other. We got to do this. Hmm. But can I switch it up a little bit? Because I just want to ask a question. I know everybody got some feedback on this one. So what did you think about the white couple, mm. the uh, the friend of the uncle and the wife? John. I felt like they were real. Yeah. Like, I don't want to <laughs> smack her. Right. <laughs> but she was but walking. But he warned them of that. Yeah, he did. Before he got there, he said, you know, he's cool. His wife is a pain, but mm-hmm. he's cool. And so I think they just expected it anyway. Yeah. But I thought it was cool that their house was set up for slavery. Oh, like, well, because it was, it was set it, up it, for it, the underground railroad. It was an underground railroad house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was in I Georgia. It was cool, yeah. You know what I mean? That's the only way. But at the end of the day, even though she spoke her truth, 
she still held it down. Because when they knocked on that door, she grabbed their plate setting quick and was like, let me put it in my secret drawer. (laughs) Yes, but be part of the uh, revolution. What is all this for? We're just sitting here. I mean, they changed so quick because they were sitting together. She turned and sat uh, against him and it was like, there was never any other dishes on that table. It was just like... That was a code switch that I never seen. When I tell you, man, when I tell you, and yeah, you could tell they do that often because they weren't even in a panic when this, when there was a knock on the door mm-hmm. one they didn't even go with them mm-hmm. when they told them where to go to hide they were just like we ain't even gonna be like scurrying around here so that when they come in we're not gonna look mm-hmm. like we were panicked we just gonna be sitting here like I don't know what's happening like mm-hmm. we're gonna trust that we mm-hmm. can give you clear pr- um, description of what you need to look for when you get upstairs and li- literally all they said was go under our bed right right because my dumb behind would have been under the bed, like. Yeah. I was like, I thought them Negroes did not go get up under the bed. <laughs> they had no bed. There's many hiding spots. Yes. So I figured he said go under my bed for a reason. He said go get in the closet, go in the attic. He said go under my bed. The fact that they were able to get in there. Figure out which boards to get no, into. That's get under the yeah. bed and that's close it back up. Because I was like, how do they know which ones to get in back in order? But right. did they really have that much time to remove four panels underneath that bed to get up under there? It was several panels. Oh. It was several. And then who it put the bed back? Because <laughs> yeah, somebody had to put <laughs> right. the bed back. Right. That's what I said. But see, that's what. So that's where my mind went. Where you were like, I don't know nobody to do these things and to run. My mind went, oh, Brittany, you have to go to the gym. Because let me tell you. <laughs> that's that would have been like this weak floorboard this, that's sticking up right now. First of all, I would have been like, my knees hurt too bad. Why are you running up these steps? I'm going to make it up. All of would have saw was a shoulder. I would have even been hitting his leg. I would have just been in there. Listen, I'm too fat. I can't run up these steps. I'm hot today. Oh, Jesus. I would have just, if I didn't know God before that, 
that scene, I would have been right up in there like, oh, God, it's so real. Because I don't know how we made it. I can't believe we got minds. It is a totally different place. I was thinking all my dates from this point on. I was thinking the dramatic aspect of it that the cops come in and then they had to hide. But me too. Even when she was thinking on a technical spot, I have nothing to wear. trusted to stay in that space and she still trusted that he was going to keep her safe in that open space they didn't know who they was mm. looking for they didn't know nothing and I was like I'd have been like uh uh-uh. uh you better keep driving till you find a house yeah. I'm not sitting by no swamp land yeah. <laughs> and he fell asleep mm-hmm. and so like to wake up and somebody got a gun this is the second time this has happened where there's a gun now to me and he still was calm and they still trusted this guy to go with him. Now we walking. I don't, I don't she know. She didn't trust the guy first though. No, she, she didn't. didn't. She didn't. She was like, how do we know we can trust him? You know what I mean? Like he was, well, what other choice do we have? You know? And I just, so that scene for me set up the ending. Mm-hmm. For me, it set it up. I was just kind of like, yeah. yeah. So it. unfortunately for me, somebody on Facebook. Yes. Oh no. No. Yeah. They didn't. No, they didn't give oh. details. Oh. But what they said was, you know, I just seen Queen and Slim, and all I'm gonna say is, it's always our own kind that's after us. Mm. So I already knew mm-hmm. something. Kind of how it end. Um, so once it got to that point. And I looked at my watch and I was like, oh, okay, he's the one that's about to turn away. Yeah. The gold teeth gave it away for me. That's what I said. <laughs> well, when they asked him if he knew whoever the people was that they were down there, he was like, oh, oh yeah, I know so-and-so. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, you don't. Yeah. Y'all need to but leave him right now. But he did know them. That was the thing. He did know them because he was able to still call the guy with the thing. But he also called the know? police. How do we know who he called? He didn't know that's people. True. That's true. That's he didn't know people. I just wrote past and see It seemed like his conversation. That's what I felt like. I felt like that whole conversation. I said once once he said I don't got no phone, I would have been like, I ain't going. I ain't going. And then he left that trailer without a shotgun. He left the trailer without the shotgun. I just felt like he nothing about him said he needed to be living in that trailer park. So there was there had to be another reason why he was there. Mm -hmm. Uh, It wasn't because I had no money. You don't got all this gold you riding around like you riding and you don't have no money. So I feel like he was already in it because he's dirty in some way. 
And so once they got to the tarmac, I was just like, and he just rolled away. He ain't say right, right. He was, he was Nobody so He ain't say good luck. He ain't <laughs> say safe travels. He ain't and he say let, nothing. he let them out too far from that plane. Yes. He was yes. so far. So far. <laughs> And just rolled away. When he rolled, I was was watching like, where are we going? I feel like they knew at that point, too. But I think they Mm -hmm. knew. I think they knew when they pulled in front of the water. I I I think they did. I do. I think that my my whole thing is I think that they gave into the fact that it was more likely that they weren't going to make it than it was that they would. Thinking that they would was their fantasy, but I don't even think that that was a reality for them. It was just like, I think they were, I think that's why they were so easily (coughs) okay with doing all of these last. Because you could dance again in Cuba. I could ride a horse in Cuba. You probably could feel the breeze in Cuba. If you really thought you were going to get there. Mm -hmm. Because they both at different times said I don't know if we're going to make it or something to that extent. Mm-hmm. But what if we don't make it? Mm-hmm. And, so and the I other one had to say, no, we're going to make it. Right. Mm-hmm. I think they kept giving in to the fact that this ain't going, mm-hmm. this won't end well for us. I think even though they had that in the back of their mind the whole time, I think at that moment with that plane right there, oh, yeah. they, they, thought, thought they, they thought they was getting on that plane. Yeah. They thought, when they saw the plane, I know that they did think, but even like, this when, might work. But even when yeah. the, the police cars were coming, you didn't even see them like, dang, we almost made it. They were just kind of like, yeah, we already makes sense. And it was just when they, I was so mad, like when that white woman shot her, because I was more mad at her than the white cop in the beginning. I was more mad. I was like she's not doing anything. Nothing. Why she are you shooting her? She didn't shoot her in the arm, Nothing. the leg. She shot her in the heart. Straight in the heart. And I felt she like she was ready to kill her. I ass. wanted to know if if I could ever talk to Lena, I would say. Did you make this white woman kill this black woman purposefully? She did. She yeah. Did. She said that. And it, yeah. She said that. And it, she, in she the heart. What did she say? That's a, that's she was speaking about Sandra Bland and how we only know Sandra Bland not because of any of the good things that she ever did in her life, but because of the horrible way that somebody murdered her. Mm-hmm. And so that was to pay homage to how unnecessary Sandra Bland's death was was mm. this girl's death was unnecessary. Mm-hmm. They did not have to do it. It was it was not needed. And um so it was to speak to that and she was saying, even for both of them, when they were saying why did they have to die, she was saying, Well, as Trayvon Martin's mom died, mm-hmm. as Sandra Bland's mom died, <clears throat> as Tamir Rice's mom why they mm-hmm. had to die. These were unnecessary deaths that did not have to happen. Just they encounter police and <clears throat> you may even say that they were um, once they could have been encountered where they were that they, they were doing something that could have been questioned like what they were doing. She was pulled over the pullover could have been questioned Mm -hmm. but there was no need for a death to come with that and she was paying homage to these women who have to now carry on like a movement because unnecessary deaths at the hands of police and so yes um the question is was it too graphic um the the ending scene was the ending scene too graphic or is lena justified in saying that when she was taught about writing, she was taught about writing about what is relevant to the times and mm-hmm. is this relevant to the times and is it okay to write such a thing even though it's so graphic for us? I think that's the only way it could have ended. <laughs> and like, if they would have did anything fluffy, 
it would have cheapened the movie, I feel like. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Even though, <clears throat> you know, it was like, I was getting shot as he was like, you know, know getting shot all the time. I was just like, you know, see, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, but, you was yeah, <laughs> I was. And it reminded me of also, which is the movie I don't like, Set It Off. When Queen Latifah yeah. got you know, killed in the end, I, I do yeah. not like that movie. I will not. That's my husband's favorite movie. I love that. I do movie. not like it because it's just so wow. darn sad. You know, it is a sad movie. Um, and I right. just felt like it couldn't have ended. It had to end because we sad. would not. It started violently. We would not yes. have been okay watching them get arrested. Mm-mm. There was no way that they were going to unviolently arrest them. No there way. just was no way no because at the end of the day. Right or wrong, justified or not, they were a cop killer. He, at least, was a cop killer. Mm-hmm. There was no way police officers were going to take them down easily. No. And they were also on the run and had people looking for them for days. Mm-hmm. They stole a policeman's car. Like, you're still a criminal. Left them in the trunk. that you did. And left them in the trunk, that which is kidnapping. Yeah. And so, like, there's a lot of charges on them. There was mm-hmm. no way that they were going to. Mm-hmm. We felt the love story. We saw the connection. But the police don't know anything but criminals. criminals. Mm-hmm. And so there was no way that we would have accepted them just getting the back of a cop car mm-hmm. and credits roll. Like, there was no mm-hmm. way of that. So the only other thing would have had to have been them getting in that plane and flying away. Mm-hmm. And then everybody would have been like, then what? Now what? Like, you know, I and so even though it was uncomfortable, it made me need to breathe a lot. Um, I'm a crybaby, so it made me yeah, like I felt crying. like I wanted to cry, but I also felt like I already felt sad for that death earlier in the movie. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't sure if I should cry. But I think still, I was okay with it. And I thought it very interesting that everybody was upset that they died at the end and didn't like that that happened. But they wanted some like great getaway or whatever from them. But they also weren't okay with this boy shooting a cop. Mm-hmm. Even though, like, that would have been the opposite. It's like somebody getting at these cops for what they do, and they weren't <laughs> they weren't okay with that either. So, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody really would have been pleased. You, there's no way you could please any everybody right. anyway. Right. No. And this that. is the most realistic yeah, ending life, to the story. Life doesn't end in a pretty happy bow. It doesn't. Yeah. It just really doesn't. It's messy. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I cried. They cried and cried and cried and cried and cried when it came to the funeral scene. I cried oh, even more. The hard. Oh, cried. it was so hard. Yes. It was so hard. And just looking at everybody seeing the news of how they were killed and then in the background you hear them saying, We really wanted them to have their day in court. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. And they never would have. And never would yeah. have. Never would have. I've never seen the day before. And here's something that was interesting that I did not even notice until she said it was like, we never learned their names in that movie. That's so We never learned their names. The only time that they mentioned their names was um, at the funeral. And the news story said it first, and then their names were on the church at the funeral. It was the only time you knew their names, because the names are not Queen and Slim. It goes back to that little boy when he was talking to them. He was like, you're immortal. Yeah, and so at the time nobody knows right who we are now. But let something like that happen, I never knew Trayvon Martin. No yes. one knew that he was down in Florida. Nobody knew him. Mm-hmm. That situation <laughs> that happens now we all know them. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think that that is that whole part right there was just huge. Just how 
now this makes them somebody. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. yeah. That is so scary. <clears throat> that what she was saying was like, we would, why, why would we know Sandra Bland? Even, even though she, you know, was a professional woman and she did her job and she was, you know, on her way to an interview, nobody would have, we as a nation would not have known her. She would have been nobody right. to us. And um, <clears throat> even any of the young males who died, we would not, we only know them because of death. Yeah. And it also, for me, spoke to the fact that, like, we know we know people or we see people now that we will say we know and we don't even really know them. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> we have the opportunity to get to know these people yeah. and decide that it's really not that important to still get to know them um, in ways. And, like, when we talk a lot and when we talk, there's always, like, something that comes up that we'll be like, I am not about you and I know you for, like, how many years? <laughs> and it's like... Even like with your like people, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's hard to, <clears throat> and it's not even really hard. We just don't give room for it because we want to watch the reality TV show. And mm-hmm. We want to like, you know, just sit and read a book, and you, that we don't want to share with anybody else to get their feelings on it. And you know, it's it's we kind of an- anonymously make people anonymous in our day-to-day that it's very easy for the anybody's to be anonymous and then when they become known we know them and still do nothing with mm-hmm, it because mm-hmm. we know all these stories but it ain't nothing really but ways to trigger us for the next one right which is not, not even a really good legacy right I think so many people, it was so funny to me watching different reviews and seeing different reactions. People upset, oh, they didn't have to die, oh, that was gruesome, all these different things. And I was like, but y'all didn't even like Black Panther. Yeah. Everybody, everybody was smart. Was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody right. was smart. Yeah. Yeah. And y'all was still mad at that. And, and to that point, when I was watching people's stuff, I said, that that sentiment, mm-hmm. you cannot please everybody. So if you didn't like it, I get it, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you guys, what did you, we, our lives, even as black people in this country, have not been flowering. No. no. We're not always getting away. Like, it's mm-hmm. just not, it's just not Most happening. Most of the time, not getting Most away. of the time. With anything. Anything. Even anything. as small as trying to talk to somebody who is over you and, and being right. right. Like, right. even that, even in that, you're wrong, mm-hmm. which is like, Oh, mm-hmm. I'm right though. Like mm-hmm. correct. You know, like like that is and for the people to say that it was gruesome. Y'all went to see uh Terminator was more gruesome than that. I was gonna say or, I didn't think uh, it was that much blood. I didn't think it was. Uh, or uh the purge. Or the purge. The purge. Oh, okay. Or Every, any, any Tarantino's movies. What, or yeah. what is it? Yeah. All he does what was is the Quentin Tarantino movie with Django Absurd. Oh, um, Django. Django, the Django. That was just, just bloody, bloody and gruesome. <laughs> it was bloody. That was okay though. Yeah. <laughs> now we'll make a confession. I'm ashamed, but I'm gonna say it out loud. I did not realize that that man had died in the mouth. I was like, oh, he's a drug dealer. Where did he get all that money from? <laughs> <laughs> That's because you're innocent. Oh, I, I was like, it. you were trusting. I did. I, I still oh, trusted that man. I was like, he almost got him there, but then I, I did not stop to think, why did he get in trouble too? I didn't think that. So you're not gonna find your son. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you're not ready. You're <laughs> not ready. Oh, it wasn't until no. I got in the car with my mom and they were like, and he died. I was like. 
<laughs> I was reliving that part all over. I was like, how could he? As soon as I saw him counting the money, I When I saw him counting, when they the scene shot to everybody was crying and he just counting that money, I was like, we're so desensitized to us being killed. Yeah. Like, it just don't even it matter. Even it's matter. like the next one. The next one. Antoine yeah. Rose. But I'm hating now. I got my five You know what I mean? It's my just like, I'm worried about my house and that's it. And even in Lena... Um, speaking about it again in that same one interview she was saying that when she wrote it she was like yeah I could have made the white couple betray them I could have even let them get in the plane and that plane not take them to where they were going they don't know how to get to Costa Rica in the plane like they don't know what the directions are to that, so they don't mm-hmm. know if they were making wrong turns or not but her thing was when I think back to the people who have betrayed me the most is usually people closer to me. It's mm-hmm. usually my people. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. and that she was like in in and for me it was hard. She said it was hard for her to write, but she said it was still like the reality. It was mm-hmm. like, you know, it, she was like it, it it just was the reality that most of the time it is somebody <coughs> close to you who who dimes you out, especially when you are doing criminal activity. Mm-hmm. It's usually somebody close to you who's going to tell people where to find you, mm-hmm. how to mm-hmm. get to you. And I was like, dang. And we do that right. same thing with that whole no snitching. Mm-hmm. 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 We won't say who killed Pookie last night, even though we saw it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we, we ain't gonna snitch. Mm-hmm. Except somebody telling. Even though we all said no snitching, even when I'm telling, even when I'm the one saying no snitching, I'm like no snitching, guess who's on but like mm-hmm. I'm telling you, don't you tell, and I'll call him like guess who's on I'm snitching, like mm-hmm. it's a dry snitch because I don't know the art ain't gonna tell, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and so that's where <clears throat> he's supposed to be somebody who's supposed to be helping, and like you said, and I even think about it, like he may not have even been a part of the team, but. Because he made that call. I thought that that I read something that that wasn't who they were supposed to meet. Like he just saw them. And then. That's what I I guess. I would believe it. Yeah, and he was like, well, let me cash in on this. Because the whole phone call seemed real shady. So shady. I felt like that second call really was shady. When they when he just said they want to go right now, and he was like, "It's it's going, it's in an hour, and it's going to take an hour." I was just like, "So all of a sudden, the mm-hmm. man's we was like, I can't do it till tomorrow.' Hour. Hour. Yeah. So I knew the urgency to anyway to all, all the medic. Like, as I soon mean, as you get here, I'll be ready. Mm-hmm. Like I was less like, he I driving, giving them, the, you know. Yeah, I was we, like, you not just ever carrying on. It fooled me because normally, you know, it's sometimes when you are preparing an aircraft, it may take that for the fueling. It could yeah. be it could be anything because sometimes it's not instantaneously like if you go to an airport. Mm-hmm. So if you have an airstrip, it might have taken them that long to get the you know the plane ready and all that. Mm-hmm. So he says first thing in the morning, but it didn't it didn't dawn on me that, but they said in an hour and you were still ready. He was right. Because my first thought was, oh, they got to get the aircraft ready. I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's And then there was going to be something going to happen in that trailer. There's going to be this shooting, right. whatever. But then we switched over into an hour, so it, there's no way it could have been because of it was, it was it was an aircraft. Right. Mm-hmm. And they switched, and they, and they were able to adjust too fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Too fast. The, the second call for me was the shifty call. Mm-hmm. I was like, so fast mm-hmm. on that little go phone. Right. <laughs> right. That's why when they pulled up, I was like, he drove off so fast. Though. Like, Listen, he's he swerved. He ain't saying nothing. Mm-hmm. He just gave him a look like, 
I'm about to die. Like, it was like, he didn't even care. Let him hit the weed and everything. And even just talking to them, talking about you gave us hope. And it's like, no, they gave you a hope for a better life because mm-hmm. you, you're you taking them down. And it's just like, dang. That's straight blood money. Was, That's blood money. $250,000. And my thought was, I hope his life is miserable. He didn't. That's a movie, right? And, you know, he's definitely <laughs> going back to his trailer. Like, you know, I'm cool. He about to spend all that money on weed, right? Yeah, that must been fast. That's See, but if they do a Queen and Slim too, his life is he's now owned by them. Mm-hmm. We gave you five hundred thousand dollars, but we, as the government, we own you. Oh, so you're not even free with your five hundred thousand dollars. Your life is now theirs. Mm-hmm. I just want to thank y'all so much for coming. This is a great conversation. I almost want to hold y'all for a whole nother one. Um, <laughs> but thank you so much. Um, I'm going to have you write them down, but you want to give y'all social medias. You give yours a lot, but go ahead and do it anyway. <laughs> uh, social media, uh, Facebook, Teron Thompson. I'm on Instagram, Teron LaVar. And those are the only two that I have. Um, for me, I am on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook, all the same. Oh my God. It's really ridiculous. <laughs> it's for the, it's for the young people. I'm trying to keep up, but it's, 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 it's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, all of them are B Right Breeze, B W R I G H T Breeze. Um, they're all the same. So apologies in advance. I'm goofy. <laughs> so I don't remember all my social media things, but I know that <laughs> okay, I'm on Facebook as Keisha Sheffy. Also, I'm on Facebook as Fat Girl Chronicles on my continuing journey to try to lose weight. Um, and then you can also see AK Catering as well. Um, and I think I'm on Instagram as Mrs. Underscore Sheffy. Yeah, and I am on Snapchat. Don't ask me what that is because I don't remember. And it's on Instagram too. Your, your Fat Girl Chronicles. Fat Girl Chronicles is on Instagram too. <laughs> Thanks for it. I got your back. Thank you, girl. Thank you, girl. That's my cousin. I only have two. I only use one. I'm on Facebook, <laughs> I'm on Facebook as Art Sheffy. Just straight up Art Sheffy. And I'm on Instagram as Pastor underscore Sheff. S H E F. That's it. Okay. Y'all know mine. They're going to be up there, but there's a whole bunch of them. I got four Instagram pages alone. So, uh, yeah, there's a different podcast. Then there's my personal page where I'm trying to be a a cute model. Hashtag she cute, though. Um, (laughs) But, um, yeah, I I really just, I'm very thankful for this. I've been trying to do a group for a long time. Toronto, I've been trying to do this. I've been talking to him a lot. So I'm trying not to be emotional right now, but um, thank you for Teron letting us use this space, and thank yes. you for the family for coming through with their thoughts. And I also want to thank a couple people who sent some questions that um, they wanted to be presented because they couldn't be here. So thank you for people who support it as well. Y'all already know we did a whole episode. It was dope. I know you had to enjoy it, too. I'm so glad. Now, we already know how this ends. I get so excited at the beginning because I'm like, we about to talk about something new. But when we come to the end, I'm kind of sad because I'm like, it's going to take a whole nother week for us to have a conversation. Great thing is you can catch me on social media all week long. I'm over there on Twitter mad heavy and I that's a just saying podcast so you can find me real easy 
Also, the YouTube channel, which is Just Sam Podcast as well, has video up. Now, if you want to see the video of this, that will be over there this week as well. And I have some other videos up talking about some wonderful topics if you haven't seen them. And subscribe to that channel at all. Go ahead on, head over there. Y'all about to have some holiday time. You got time to subscribe to a whole bunch of stuff I'm doing. Check me out, boo. Anyway, you don't have to take anything I say as fact after all. I'm just saying.